to my podcast. Let's go. I'm all about doing what I want to do and living life to the fullest. Every day, me and my team, we're on a mission to help you achieve all of your dreams. Welcome to my first investment property podcast where we talk about our experience gained, wisdom learned, and the lessons learned throughout the process of real estate investment and development. I'm Edwin Carrion, the creator of my first investment property podcast. Stay on after the show, and I'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing podcasts in our industry. With that being said, let's get started. Hey, super excited to welcome Christopher Wick to my first investment real estate uh, podcast today. So, hey, welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me, Doug. That's great to be here. So I was super excited to look at your background and see all the stuff that you've done. And you're you know, a young guy, you're an active guy, you got lots going on. So do you want to share with our listeners just a little bit of your backstory of, you know, kind of where you started and then we'll work to where you are today? Absolutely. I'd be happy to, Doug. So my name is Christopher Wick and I'm an acquisition entrepreneur, which means I buy and sell businesses. But it all started with my first investment property when I was 27 years old. So for a lot of people listening, might thinking about how do I even get there? How do I get from here to there? How do I get started and build a great empire, whether real estate or business? I've been through all of those things and literally started just saving my pennies and it turned into where I am now. So in this interview, I'm excited to share with you some secrets and some tips and tricks I've learned along the way. But if your listeners, if they're just starting out, this is going to be a great interview because they're going to hear how I did it. So why don't you walk us back to the beginning? So you you owned your own principal residence and then you started acquiring um, additional rental properties. Is that right? Similar. So I started out my first company, my first real successful company, I started when I was 24 years old. And I was working like crazy, which I'm sure many of the listeners (laughs) can relate to, just grinding and grinding. So I thought that the secret to my success later would be if I could take all this income I was making from business and if I can put into properties, eventually I could stop hustling so much in business. So that's exactly what I did. So at the age of 24, I started my first successful business, was grinding, hustling. And then when I was 26, I started looking for help on how to buy properties. And thankfully, I had a wonderful business coach at the time that said, you should leverage some of your cash by putting it into single family residential homes Mm. and rent those out and then make passive income, which that is uh, a little bit more of selling the dream of passive income. <laughs> it's not quite like that. Yeah. But what I did is I was living with a family member as a startup entrepreneur, saving my pennies. And I saved up the down payment for my first investment property, which was actually, I bought that before I bought my principal home. Okay. Which the lenders had lots of questions with like, why are you buying an investment and not a principal? Because I, I told them, I said, this is my vision. Yeah. And I kept, I just started with the first property. That's, that's really cool. And, and, you know, your first property doesn't make you any money unless you're planning on flipping it. It's just a place to live. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. You know, an, an asset is something that makes us money. Um, right. A liability is something that costs us money. Right. And when I bought my first rental property, I went like all in. When I, I knew there was risk and I knew it was scary and I had, you know, hardly any assets as a young entrepreneur, but I went for it because, and this is what I tell people I coach and I mentor, because the day you do it, you get to say something that not everybody can say. 
that you are an investor. And I remember when I did my first property and it's actually, it turned out to be a fantastic property. It's one of my best properties now, but the first year it was a total lemon. The AC broke, the, there was a roofing issue. And I thought, my gosh, this was supposed to be the dream of passive income and <laughs> I've lost money. And now it's actually appreciated more than any other property that I own, but you just have to get in there. So I told all of my coaches and my mentees, when you do it for the first time, it's not going to work out how you want. It's not going to be the dream that people are selling you. Yep. But the moment you do it, you've done it. Yeah, it's just about getting started. I mean, you, at some point you need to get started and it's going to be messy. I think someone told me that if you do a launch, a business launch, whatever it is, and you've got everything right, you waited too long. Right, right. It is the exact same with business. People yeah. wait on that perfect idea or yep. when they're selling their business, they wait on the perfect, the perfect buyer or the perfect year where they can turn. And you just have to, you just have to do it. And you know, like for the first time that you buy or sell a business, the moment that you do it, you can say, okay, I've done it, even if it wasn't perfect. And so there are so many similarities between as an acquisition entrepreneur and as a real estate investor that I'm able to use that wisdom earned from each industry and apply it to the rest. So you started with one property, then you eventually bought your you bought a property for yourself to live in, and then you bought several other uh, rental properties. Is that correct? It is. So I, within the first three months as a real estate investor, I saved up all my pennies, and then I went and bought three homes in like a matter of three or four months, which was a ton of <laughs> wow. activity. Yeah. It was a nightmare for the lenders because they were like, "What is this guy doing?" But I had a lot. I had a lot going for me because I had lots of reserve of capital, and I had a great income-producing business. So they felt really safe <laughs> lending me the money to go get these homes. And then my third property was what I went into, and that was my primary residence, yeah. which later I moved out and made that a rental. So it was really just little by little. I had no inheritance. I had no windfall of money. I literally just started saving $5 a day, which snowballed into saving a ton of money that led to down payments on properties. And then, so tell tell me uh, what your process, your thinking process was or process was around, hey, I've done this with real estate, but you know, this is great, but now I want to do something totally different and which probably left a lot of people scratching their heads going, what is this guy doing? He started with real estate, he's doing really well. Now he wants to do something else. So what did that look like for you? When I got into real estate and discovered that it wasn't the dream of making passive income and just collecting checks, I took something that I loved about real estate and I transformed my business career. Even more valuable than income from tenants or AKA customers, if you're a business owner, even more valuable than that is wealth acquisition. And the best thing about my properties, I've got five properties as of the recording of this podcast, that represents a huge chunk of my net worth, but also the appreciation over time. And here's where entrepreneurs get stuck. They work and they do exactly what I did. Hustle, grind, hustle, grind, take some money, invest it somewhere, hope it works out well. And then they get to the end or they get tired and they think, okay, well, I've been hustling, but is my business an asset? And so years ago, when I started buying and selling businesses, I started helping entrepreneurs to do the same thing. Because if you just hustle and grind, hustle and grind like I did, you're eventually going to get to the point where it's like, wait, this has just been a glorified job. I actually don't have anything I yeah. can sell. Yeah. And as a business owner, an investor in real estate or investor in business, everything that you have should be available for sale. That's how you want to view your assets in your life. That at any point in time, you could create a transaction, which would create a windfall of money. 
That's that's great advice. I just shared that with one of the uh, one of the young trainers at the gym who's just new in there as a trainer and wanting to start a side hustle. I said, think about creating your brand new business as if you're going to sell it. Well, I don't want to sell it. So of course, you don't want to sell it. I understand that, but think of building it and running it as if you do. And that way, if you decide to, you've got the opportunity instead of having to clean up a mess and try to make it appealing. <laughs> Yeah, you're so right, Doug, and especially for a young trainer where all they know is they only know, okay, I charge billable hour and I'm here now and I'm making money, but the yeah. moment the client goes away, yeah. it's gone. And yeah. that's what real estate taught me. Real estate taught me that even if the tenant goes, I can replace it and I have an asset. Not only is it a building that I can sell, but because there's a tenant in it, it is super valuable to other investors. Sure and I apply that same concept to business. And sometimes when people think about selling their business, they think, well, I'll never want to sell. And it's my dream, my passion, or worse, they think that something is wrong when you sell your business. I remember my first, I sold my very first business. One of my colleagues asked me, she said, why? What happened? And I said, well, that's actually a really good thing. And it's a wonderful thing that I sold it. And that was the plan all along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. No, good for you. So um, tell us a little bit about the businesses that you've been buying and selling and how you got started. So my first business that I bought was because I was enamored with the industry of e-commerce and I admired this entrepreneur that I met and I wanted to take his vision to the next level because there is a great value. And I'm sure you can relate to this, Doug, is being an outsider looking in and being mm -hmm. able to see like, wow, if you did this and this and this, you'd be so much better. But when you're in the muck and when you're in the day to day, it's kind of hard to see those growth opportunities. That was such a success. I bought this e-commerce store and I sold it in 11 months and tripled my investment. It was such a success monetarily, but also on a vision. I took, I quadrupled the staff. I increased the company valuation by 48%. I mean, all these wonderful things happened. And that was because I was able to go in and really view it as an investor. So some people flip homes and rehab and some people flip businesses. Just like real estate, I focus on long-term wealth accumulation is the same with business. And when I work with business owners, I'm able to help them see it from an outsider perspective of how can you become sellable? I have an acronym that I use all the time with my entrepreneurs, and that's SSP, sellable, scalable, and profitable. If your business does not meet those three things, you actually don't have a business, you have a glorified job, and you've got to really change that mindset. Yeah, I'm just gonna make a note. That's a that's a great acronym. And that makes makes lots of sense. I mean, if you can't replace take the owner out, then you really don't have a business, right? You just have yeah. a job. And here, and in, in especially in this day and age, where we have the side hustle nation, and we've got the entrepreneurial mindset, I see so many people entrepreneuring themselves into jobs where at the end of the rope, they'll have nothing to sell. I mean, and it's, it's heartbreaking because I see it all the time. Just a couple of weeks ago, I met a woman in her 60s, and her business was worth nothing because she didn't set it up for success. So she spent several dozen years working and nothing was successful after that. So if you get to work with someone like an acquisition entrepreneur in the very beginning, or if you can you know, hear the advice from someone like Doug telling the trainer, wait, before you start your business, think about how you could sell it later. If you can have that, that's going to help you save so many lessons, kind of like when you get into real estate. There's going to be someone that tells you, hey, get an inspection on all of your properties. Just do it. Just do it. I know it costs money. I know it's yeah. not fun, but just do it. These are fundamental things that apply to our lives as business owners and investors. And that's really what you want to be at the end of the day, because you are an investor. You're investing your money, but more importantly, your time into each of your ventures. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, yeah. 
So in terms of where you want to go, uh, share, if you don't mind, share a little bit of your vision, where you see yourself in the next, you know, um, couple of years. I don't want to go further than that because who knows the world's upside down right oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> who knows what this going to look like? Six no, sir. We might be in Mars in 10 years. So we can't really answer that question. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go back to my experience in real estate because it all started with my first investment property, because the moment I did that, I became an investor with a capital I. And I remember at the time, one of my realtors said, hey, you should buy homes and areas with government housing because you're always going to get that cash flow. But then I went and visited the neighborhoods and it was sad and it was run down. And I thought, look, maybe this is good for another investor. Mm -hmm. But to me, I want to have happy homes and happy neighborhoods and starter communities. When someone, they're blue collar workers are working their way up. Those are the homes I love because it's the warm, feel good, fuzzy nature of helping provide people homes. In business, it's the same way. So not only do I want to continue my empire in real estate and getting happy homes for happy people in really great places, and that doesn't mean expensive. You know, I, my favorite types of homes are starter homes. And those are typically the ones where a brand new family is going to get their first home. I love those types of homes. Same thing with business. I want to help entrepreneurs leverage themselves truly and their identity and their lifetime by building assets they can sell just like their homes. And, you know, I will always count my lucky stars that I was smart enough and I'll say lucky enough because I, I don't think I was that smart all the time to buy a real estate property because that investment taught me, wait, everything I do should be just like this. Mm-hmm. I should be able to buy it and sell it, put the tenant in it, but the business model still stays the same. So then how do you take the emotion out of the businesses that you buy? So, you know, you hear, you'll hear, you know, when you're buying a home, um, you know, principal residence, obviously there's lots of emotion. That's your home. If you're buying an investment property, like you said, it needs to fit your comfort level, your investment criteria that it's either going to appreciate or it's going to throw off cash flow. Um, then you get into a business and you know, we're in this world of, oh, this is hot and that's hot and this is not, and this is good and that's not good. Um, so I just don't see that many variations in real estate. Maybe I'm wrong, um, as I do in business and, and especially in e-commerce these days. Well, you're absolutely right, Doug. And there's so many variations in business, whereas real estate, it's like a principal understanding. Like everyone needs a home. We got it. Whereas business, yep. we see all these different variations. And actually, when I talk to my sellers who are selling their business, I actually use real estate as the example of, I don't care how much heart and soul you put into remodeling your bathroom, just because you got the pretty towel does not increase the valuation of your business because all the other homes on your street are all going for comparables. And that's why we use the word comps. So in business, I help my entrepreneurs understand how to add value, not the emotion. Don't tell me the story of how you started your construction business because dad did it and grandpa did it. Don't tell me about your salon because of how inspired you were. Those stories, while important and while I love those stories, that doesn't build value to an investor. That's kind of like taking an investor to my first real estate property and saying, hey, do you want to buy it? It was my first. I've got so much love and emotion, but it's only worth what the street is worth. And that's that's how I teach my entrepreneurs to think in the same way. And it's a brilliant mindset. When you go from, I am the business to not even I own the business, but to understand that this is one of my investments and this is how I'm going to grow as a person and individual in society is by focusing on long-term wealth accumulation. In real estate, my real estate career has not been very sexy at all. I don't do rehabs. I don't do flips. I buy them and I hold them 
forever. And I don't change much. I'm a very, very moderate person when it comes to investing in cash flow and capital. I like things that I can understand and take minimal effort on my part. And that's how I teach my entrepreneurs to think the same way. How can they buy and hold and build their assets with their business? That's really, that's really interesting. So Christopher, where's the best place for people to reach out, connect with you and learn more about what you're doing? Well, LinkedIn is a fantastic place because that's where uh, you connected with my team. Or you can visit my website at sayyesenterprises.com. So that's www.say. So you're going to have two Y's say yes enterprises.com and we offer a free business valuation which i love to do because i get to show my entrepreneurs how much your business is really worth and what your potential is for selling it that's really cool hey i really love what you're doing uh, i love the name of your company when i was looking at your website say yes um it just starts you off in the right train of thought absolutely so any any parting words of wisdom for people who are just listening thinking hey you know I'm I want to have a side hustle maybe it's real estate maybe it's business I want to get started um, based on the you know the lessons that you've learned absolutely before our interview today I was writing and journaling of what did I want my major message to be? Yes, they can contact me for a business valuation. I'd love to help them. Yes, I'd love to inspire them to finally jump off the cliff and buy their first investment property. What I wrote in my notes today is I see a lot of FOMO, the fear of missing out, because mm-hmm. people see, well, maybe I should be doing Bitcoin, or maybe I should be doing options trading, or maybe I should be doing real estate, or maybe I should be doing uh, electronic vehicles. There are so many distractions. And here's what I really want people to know you already know what you're great at. You already know what you're brilliant at. Don't go try to learn a brand new industry. And just like in the stock market, they say, don't try to time the market. I don't want you to try to time the market in business. Focus on your core of what you're extremely good at and go all in. My very first investment property, the first year, I had to replace almost everything in the home. And that really, that was a tough year because I thought, well, this isn't great. This isn't a dream. But here I am years later and it is my highest valued property. And it's the value that is appreciated the most. Now, there's a little bit of luck in that. But also, I think that luck is where preparation meets opportunity. And I was willing to go all in. So in your real estate business or in your business, focus on, don't focus on all the distractions because there's literally a thousand other things you could be doing right now. Focus on what you're really good at and make that your opportunity. Don't be waiting for the opportunities to come find you. Yep. Totally makes sense. Start with what you've got and what you already know. Absolutely. I want to say thanks so much. I really appreciate you. Appreciate you taking time, sharing some great advice there. So listeners, I'm sure you, like myself, took down some good notes and there's some good starting points for you. And like Christopher said, uh, you know, just just get started so you can move your uh, title from, you know, employee to investor or side hustle to investor. So, so thanks again. Just appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks, Doug, so much. I'm all about doing what I want to do and living life to the fullest. Every day, me and my team, we're on a mission to help you achieve all of your dreams. Thank you for listening to my first investment property podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story and you want to be a guest on my show, please visit my website, edwincarrion.com forward slash podcast forward slash apply. And if you like what you heard today, please follow me on my social media channels, Instagram and Facebook at edwincarrion78, or click on the link on my website. Also, please subscribe to our show on Apple, Google, Spotify, and you'll find our podcast there, whatever you listen to your podcast. Once again, I'm Edwin Carrion. Thank you for listening. 
to my first investment property podcast. Until next time.